Welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. Thanks for tuning back in for part two of our discussion with author, pastor, and speaker, Doug Giles. Uh, We're talking about his book, specifically Lionhearted, Making Young Christian Males into Rowdy Biblical Men. Let's go. How do we get back to that vision for young men? What do we do? How do we get that hard return for the vision for what it means to be a man? Yeah. So first of all, uh, you know, the pastors, uh, they got to put it across the young person's Mm. table is that is that not only can you get through life, but you can stomp demonic skulls. Yeah. You can live a victorious life. You don't have to be, Mm. you know, it's like, oh, you know, thank God there's only 24 hours in a day. If there'd been a 25th, I'd have never made it. You know, that's the most (laughs) of the testimonies that you hear in youth group. It's Mm. like, I just got stomped on this week. It was so horrible. But I listened to an Amy Grant song and then the sky cleared. It's like, that's not who John, that's not who John ran with. And, and John's a bad man. John yeah. was handpicked yeah. by Christ. His nickname was Son of Thunder. Thunder. You know, it's like a monster truck driver down in Bayou La Battery, Alabama or something like that. And um, so he's seen all of his buddies martyred. He's seen uh, demons cast out. He's seen the dead raised. And then he said the kids uh, that he were that the men that he was the young men that he was interfacing with, that they were strong. And this is not spiritually strong. These guys are in shape. This is a physical Mm -hmm. definition of these dudes. They weren't punch gutted man. I postured indoor Mm -hmm. soy boys. These guys were vigorous. And uh, and again, the word of God abided in them deeply and Mm -hmm. uh, they overcome the devil. So the way that we get back to that is that, first of all, model it. Yeah. So I think they were they were seeing it, you know, through John. They were seeing it, you know, through James. They were seeing it through Peter. All these mm-hmm. incredible biblical bad. Mm-hmm. And those kids were like, you know what? I want to be a hero. You know, nowadays they see weepy androgynous worship leaders that are trying to get in touch with their feminine side. And mm-hmm. and the gospel to them is feelings. Jimmy, nothing more than feelings. And uh, that's not how the early disciples rolled. And they, yeah. they set such an incredible role model to, uh, you know, mm. that the, the kids are like, I want some of that, man. I don't yeah. want, I don't want pathetic, weak, mm. biblically illiterate, uh, stomped by the devil type life for me. I want yeah. exactly what these dudes are preaching. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. it goes to the chapter monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. It's got yeah, to be it modeled modeling. by somebody, you know. Yeah, it is modeling, you know, and I think part of this, part of what you're hitting on is there is a, especially with young men, and I've got three young sons, they're all in their 20s, but there has been a huge pendulum swing back towards masculinity. Like there's a real search for real, genuine masculinity, and some of it's super healthy. I mean, you mentioned Dr. Jordan Peterson. I think a lot of what he talks about is super healthy. Um, I, some of it's even from a biblical uh, worldview, a biblical lens, but some of it's from guys like Andrew Tate who, who and others who present what I would consider a mixed bag, it, it, in some ways a distorted view, um, and it's certainly devoid of a biblical lens. Yeah. And you know, part of it is it's mixing truth with error. Why is it so attractive, though, for some young men today, and why is it important that we stay focused on God's design for manhood? Yeah, again, I think uh, uh, Andrew Tate and his brother Tristan um, obviously have climbed up into the Klieg lights because uh, they're not, you know, doing the whole step and fetch it behind 
these Michael Jackson type wannabe Harry Styles type weird, what is that, you know, type aspects mm-hmm. of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope I hope Andrew and Tristan get saved. Now, Tristan yeah. says that he's a Christian. Andrew says mm-hmm. that he's Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the disconnect with me and I've watched them on, you know, Tucker's interviews. That was actually my first blush. And then everybody's like, what do you think about them, Doug? And it's <laughs> like, that's the first time I've ever you know seen anything mm-hmm. that they had to say. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm into excellence. I'm into hard work. I'm mm-hmm. into vision, dreaming, all that kind of good stuff that uh, is um, part and parcel mm-hmm. of our masculine makeup. Uh, porn, you know, <laughs> and hoochie mamas, mm-hmm. and your whole your whole obsession is freaking material goods. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Step out of that square dance and yeah. uh, stick with the scripture. Because yeah. Jesus said, if you really want to be great, serve. If you really want to yeah. be first, be last. If you really want to, you know, make a screaming name for yourself, be a mm-hmm. slave to all. And yeah. uh, that doesn't sell in our self-obsessed yeah. me monkey world of Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate. And again, I don't yeah. wish those guys harm. And yeah. uh, I hope they see our interview because that's the mm-hmm. antithesis of what Christ put out there for dudes. It was yeah. sacrifice, kingdom mm-hmm. building, legacy le- uh, leaving. Understand yeah. that you're going to be judged. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. going to die. The judgment seat of Christ is certain. And you don't mm-hmm. want to have uh, that be a, an awkward tete-a-tete at all. Yeah. And so yeah. in regards to, you know, masculinity, yeah, we, we're excellent. Yeah, we work mm-hmm. our butts off. Yeah, we take life seriously. And, uh, but we do it from a, a servant priest position yeah. instead of a ruler king. And listen, man, if if God promotes you or if he promotes me or he promotes your sons or anybody, then for the love of God, let it be because, you know, we did what was right in his eyes instead Mm -hmm. of we're pushing and prodding to be somebody. Because at the ripe old age of 60, man, I know this plane is landing. Jimmy's coming down and uh, I'm going to I'm I'm going to meet the one who my soul loves and I don't want it to be an awkward meeting where he said, you're a selfish little religious jack. That's mm. what you were. Mm. I want it to be, hey, buddy, you messed up a lot, but come here and give me a nuggie and stuff. And then we <laughs> go off and eat ice cream or something. Exactly. Well, and I think that's the, the point, right? That kind of you have to keep your focus through that biblical lens is what's the point? What's the purpose? It, it can't be for you know self-gratification. It can't be for material gain, et cetera, et cetera. But Boy, wouldn't it be something if if an Andrew Tate came to Christ and all of a sudden put his, you know, this intensity through a biblical lens? It'd be pretty wild, right. I think. Well, it's just like it's just like you're saying with uh, Peterson. Yeah. And every time and I don't listen to him a bunch, but I, I do listen to him, you know, somewhat regular. Mm. Oh, he's he's dancing. He, he makes a better case for Christ and, yes. and the biblical lessons in the scripture from Exodus, you know, through yeah. Calvary. Than a lot of pastors do, man. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. understands it on levels that, you know, they're over there like Abbasidarian, three teeth and IQ of 50. And he's <laughs> he's dissecting this stuff and just going through oh, it. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. And yeah. um, I just saw him on uh, Pierce Morgan with his mm. uh, daughter, Michaela. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's to say if he's not already born again, because yeah. he's really saying all the right stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, I've seen him. I, you know, I think that there's a lot of evidence that he has trusted in Christ. There's, you know, and I, I know that his daughter has come to Christ, and so I think that they're going through, you know, that that regeneration, if you will. And I, I think it, it's fun to watch because I know that my 
my boys like his stuff. And I do too. I really love uh, what he says. And, you know, he makes those connections from Old Testament to new, which is awesome. Let's shift gears just a little bit and let's talk about some of the struggles that young men are, are facing. In the book, you talk about a particular sin that is crushing young men right now. What are you talking about in the book? Yeah, so uh, it's a feminacy. And mm-hmm. um, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, you know, Paul tells the church in Corinth, do you not know that, uh, you know, the swindlers, adulterers, drunks, mm-hmm. effeminate, homosexual, uh, revilers, etc., will not inherit the kingdom of God? And uh, but such were some of you, but you were mm-hmm. cleansed, you repented, and now you're sanctified in Christ. And um, Paul makes a distinction. First of all, most most pastors, especially youth group pastors, they would never, ever say that effeminacy is a sin. Mm. First of all, because that would, um, I don't know, implicate them because a lot of them are effeminate. Mm. Anyway, Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, he makes a distinction between homosexuality and effeminacy. Mm. And so you get most Christians like, homosexuality is bad, man. It's like, <laughs> okay, what's that word in front of homosexual? <laughs> it's mm. effeminate. It's in the same list, you know, mm. with drunkards and murderers and adulterers. And, and so the Greek word uh, wow. uh, there for effeminate. So how many, I, you know, I'm 60 years old. A lot of the uh, gay uh, homosexuals that, that I grew up with, I didn't even know that they're homosexuals, you mm. know, like Rob Halford with Judas Priest. Who knew? You know, a lot of these guys, Rock Hudson, who knew? Mm. Why? Because they weren't effeminate. Mm. So you can be a homosexual and not be effeminate. And I tell gay guys all the time, it's like, listen, if you're going to be gay, be a man about it. So anyway, you can. <laughs> and so in, so in regards to uh, you can be effeminate and not be a homosexual. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. yeah. So here I started looking. It's like, what's this word effeminate? What is it in the Greek? And mm. so I checked it out and it's malakos. And it means somebody who's dainty. It's kind of like a fine fabric. Jimmy, a fine mm. dainty fabric, which mm. this is not, but it's, you know, it's like silk <laughs> and it's squishy and it's malleable and it's tame and it's tepid. Mm. And uh, Paul said by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, by the way, for the listener, mm. that if you're, if you're dainty, if you're soft, if you're silky, if you're malleable, mm. if you're squashy and you're, you know, uh, meek to a fault, then that's a sin, guys. Mm. And it's the only sin. Uh, women can't commit this sin. Mm. Only men can commit effeminacy, the sin of effeminacy. And Paul said, if you're doing that and you don't repent, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. And then, then you know, fast forward to, you know, the church, the new groove in the, the oh-so-sacrifice uh, United States of liberal acrimony, I would say that that sin saddles more young men than all the other sins that, that we heap scorn upon. And nobody wow. ever points it out as being a sin that needs to be repented of at all. Not that I've heard from hardly any pulpits in the last 40 years I've been going to church. Yeah. Well, most of the messages are just thematic. You know, we pick, a, we pick kind of a point that we want to make and then we make scripture bend to the point that we're trying to make. That's why I appreciate my pastor so much because he preaches the word of God right through the word of God. You know, he interprets it through the lens of truth and and it's refreshing, you know, and I think that no nonsense kind of preaching is what we need. 
Yeah. And that's what I dig about, you know, expository preaching is yeah. that you can't skip the verses. You can't, yeah. you gotta, you gotta deal with it, man. I'm in the book yeah, of Mark right. at our, our church up here in uh, Texas. And this week will be our 55th week in the book of Mark. And I'm in Mark 10, 32 through 45. My gosh. That's great. Yeah. Though, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. People are going to know the book of Ooh. Mark and, and, you know, they're going to know the essence of, of the characters and, you know, it's funny in your book too. Uh, first of all, I love this book, Lionhearted. It, it's it's a it's amazing. It's I think it's one of your best for sure. Um, you talk about the elements of the blueprint for young men, and I'm reminded of Joe DeSena. Joe DeSena is the founder of Spartan Racing. This guy's a man's man. I mean, he you know his mission is to get people off the couch and back into the game, experiencing life. And he'll maintain, hey, we don't have an ADD problem. We have an ODD problem, an outdoor deficit disorder. Do you agree? Do we need do we need to get men, young men outside again? Yeah, heck yeah, man. Uh, you look at King David, complicated life, mm. uh, uh, giant slayer, adulterer, uh, mm. you know, prince on the run. The guy's, you know, just just one uh, hot mess for for uh, Jehovah. Mm. And when God wanted to restore his soul, Mm. Uh, he says in the famous Psalm 23, he said that God took him to a conference. No, he took him to a Zoom meeting. No, said he took him outside to green mm. pastures and still waters. And that's where mm. God restored his soul. And again, you know, Jimmy, we all feel it when we get out there, mm. when we get yeah. outdoors. I just came back from my uh, West Texas elk hunt. I don't know if you know this or not, but we've got free range elk herds in just deep, deep West Texas. There's no season on them. And so wow. we can we can shoot them at night, shoot them during the day, shoot them during the rut with rifles. <laughs> and um, so I wanted to do it properly, but I wanted to do it during the rut because that mm. bugle and stuff is just out of this world, man. Mm. And I shot a 396 uh, and a quarter inch monster. And so wow. just, yeah. And so... <laughs> We called it in with a with a cow call and um, and boom, he crested this hill. I'm not a big elk fanatic. All I just saw was just mm. big head gear and the guide said smoke him and and I, <laughs> I let the air out of him and uh, it's it's quite something. But anyway, um, when we're out there and we're on a uh, ranch that's eighty thousand acres, wow. Now there's no television, phone barely works. You know, it's just creation, sun up, sun mm. down. You get to see the you know the we saw elk every day. We're in, you know, you know, dozens of them. Saw five shooter bulls, and mm. you know what happens? You get your soul uh, recharged. Yeah. And when God created Adam, the first man, He created, he, you know, He created uh, a wilderness for him to live in. You know, mm. it was birds, it was raccoons, it's fish, it's all this stuff. Yeah. And God wanted uh, that which is. Um, untamed to, you know, put an indelible stamp into Adam. So when, when kids are nothing but inside fluorescent lights, you're going to go insane. Mm. When, yeah. when your whole world's a freaking phone or an iPad, yeah. that's again, it's nuts. And then, you know, via those avenues, they're selling again, sex, uh, mm. wussification stuff you don't need. And so, you know, with yeah. my daughters, again, I don't have sons. I got a couple of grandsons mm. now. But we made certain that we took them uh, on regular jaunts into the irregular wild. We would uh, mm -hmm. surf in shark infested waters. We'd hunt wild boar and uh, <laughs> the, 
the uh, swamps of the Everglades up by the big lake, the Kissimmee River. Uh, we would mountain bike through these hot sweltering trails and we we're constantly outdoors, constantly outdoors. And mm. uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that would cure a lot of ills big time. Yeah. And, um, but again, you know, most little Christian plastic, you know, people, they just want to dwell inside where they can have that 5G hookup, man. And they can yeah. look at, you know, TikTok booty videos. Yeah. Well, it's funny because even for me, you know, I, I think there's, there's this tremendous value of doing hard things, right? Doing hard things because our, our culture is so soft and so comfortable and, and our, our flesh craves easy, comfortable, simple. We just do, you know, uh, temperature controlled environments. I find myself doing that. And in January of this year, I started a program called 75 Hard. It's by a guy named Andy Frisella, who's a, an American patriot. Yeah, I, I love this dude. But he created this program, 75 Hard. And every single day, you got to do five different things. And one of the things uh, is two workouts a day. But one of those workouts has to be outside. It's a 45-minute workout outside. I started this program in January. January 1 here in Colorado in the mountains. There was snow on the ground. I think yeah. the first day I started... It's funny, as I was contemplating whether I was going to do this hard thing, because I know it's important to do hard things, um, it was like, well, maybe you should start in June when the weather turns, you know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait a minute, isn't that the point of this thing? So January 1, negative six degrees, snow on the ground. And, you know, for those first couple of weeks of doing hard things, doing these workouts outside, which you can appreciate, um, I hated it. And then there was a turning point where it became wildly empowering. Like, wait a minute, nobody else is outside doing this. Nobody else is doing push-ups and squat thrusts and carrying loads of, of weights with them. Nobody's doing this right now. And it became empowering. And it speaks to your soul. Like, wow, this is... And being out in God's creation in that environment, doing hard things was important. Don't we have to get back to that where we're, where we're actually seeking discomfort, where we're doing hard things because it's going to make us better? Yeah, J.C. Riley, uh, one of my uh, favorite preachers from the 19th century, uh, he encouraged uh, all men, young, old, fat, skinny, to to embrace the vigorous life. Mm. And uh, it's, again, like you said, just, you know, first of all, it sucks. Then all of a sudden, boom, you know, you're really you know, milking it for all it's worth physically, mm. mentally, spiritually. And uh, then you got the practical aspect. It's like, hey, boys and girls, the zombie apocalypse is right around the corner. And uh, if you're going to survive, you need to become an apocalyptic warlord. And you're not going to be able to do that sitting on your, you know, yeah. look, staring at an iPad for 10 to 50 hours a week. You got to yes. get mobile. You got to get active. You got to turn yourself into a military type body. Can you imagine, yeah. Jimmy? It's like you're watching a concert and it's, you know, Coachella, it's Burning Man. It's something like that. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, man, isn't it cool? Look, some people coming in. You know, and some, you know, parachutes and some ultralights and all of a sudden, bam, they're lighting you up, you mm -hmm. know, with 30 cal rounds coming out of the pipe at, you know, 2,700 yeah. feet per second, 100 grains. And they just mm -hmm. wiped out 300 people. Yeah. That's a reality now. Yeah. This is, you know, look at the, I think it was Jason Aldean's concert that was shot, shot up. I could be wrong mm. uh, in Vegas or wherever that was. Mm. This is this is not just, you know, just to feel a little bit more perky, you know, than the dullard in the cubicle next to you. This this yeah. could this could literally mean your backside. I'll never forget this yeah. uh, buddy of mine. 
that was uh, heavy into powerlifting, and, and he wasn't a competitor, mm-hmm. but he just did it and stuff. And he was a roofer. He's mm-hmm. on top of his roof, you know, putting on uh, some shingles and stuff, and he just whoop, and he fell off, and he landed on his back. And uh, the wow. doctor said, dude, if you weren't as buff as you were, you'd have broke your neck and you'd be dead. But wow. his, you know, his physical stature kept him, yeah. you know, kicking boots with his wife for, I think he's still alive, you know, mm. 70 years old. Yeah. yeah. And I think we need to be prepared, you know, probably now more than ever. And we need to be capable, right? We need to be capable to, to protect our families, to defend our, our health and our life and our property. We, and I think we, you know, listen, we're depending upon other people in our community to be prepared too. You can't be the only person that is preparing physically and spiritually and emotionally and, 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 you know, training your fingers for battle, so to speak, you know, you can't be the only one. We've got to build these small communities around us. We, we need to find like-minded men who are preparing, who are getting ready because, you know, increasing chaos is coming. Um, tough times are coming. There's no question about it. Um, when you can be censored, you know, you were censored essentially from, I don't know, 2016, 2017, 2018 to the present. When you can be censored just for defending the Bill of Rights, defending freedom, the Constitution, uh, the Declaration of Independence. And when they're coming for our values, for our kids, we need to get ready, don't we? Yeah. Like you said, uh, it's here. It's not like, oh, this thing's coming. It's like, no, it's here. You know, welcome mm-hmm. uh, to the real world. She said to me condescendingly, may I take your coat? This is this is uh, the glide path going forward. Yeah. And again, you know, going back to, you know, pastors in particular, it's like everything's normal. It's like, no, it's not, Jack. There's right. nothing normal about anything that's going on right now. No. It would have been abnormal in 2008 for a Democrat to stump for what they're pushing right now. It yes. wouldn't have happened. Yes. We, this nation is under uh, hijack. We are in the midst of a revolution. And yes. so every all bets are off and, you know, all <laughs> all hands yes. on deck. We've got to operate. And again, especially the dudes. It's like, yes. hey, young guy. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. It's the fourth quarter. And we're down 28 to three. So scramble or you can curl up in your fetal position and wet your big little Christian diaper, you know? (laughs) Well, and I think that's why we need young men in particular to lead the resistance, if you will, to to lead the revolution. You said we're in a revolution. We're in a global communist revolution. We're in the we're in the late stages of it. There's we've lost the ideological war. We've lost the spirit. I mean, we're getting crushed. And that's why I think your book in particular is so important because we need young men to lead this resistance from a biblical perspective. We need them. They're called to be heroes. You talk about it um, in the book, uh, Lionhearted. You talk about that word hero. We, We never hear about the word hero from the pulpit anymore. Um, talk a little bit about that, how we're called to be heroic. Yeah, again, when uh, it, all, it, go, it all goes back to the image of God that, that we hold in mm. our heart. And we're going to, you know, monkey's going to see that monkey's going to do that. And, mm. you know, that's what I love about the voice translation is that it, in, it interprets names given to God in particular through the book mm. of Isaiah as our hero. As our, as our champion, our hero, our champion, our conqueror, our hero, our champion. Mm. And just boom, boom, boom. You know, it's hammering, you know, the people of God back in the OT. 
And so they they beheld God as mm. heroic. Yeah. And so ipso facto, man, when some giant, you know, raises his, you know, gnarly head, then boom, people who are absorbing that revelation of him being heroic, they mm. step to the scene while all the other punks are singing war cries and not entering the fray and like King David did, and he he mm. uh he lops his head off. And yeah. so in in order for us to move in that kind of heroic aspect, we've got to be uh, marinating in the revelation that that God comes onto the scene, and mm. especially like you know, again going back to you know what we talked about just a, a second ago before we segue into the hero aspect of this. This stuff is is even though it's cataclysmic, mm. undeniable, can't scrape it off your shoe doo doo that's going on in the world right now. God mm. can uh, hiccup, he can blink, he can go like that, and everything changes. But he yep. does it through people, in particular mm. men, and uh, mm. not not dissing the the ladies. This book is about young men, sixteen yep. to twenty five year old, and there's a whole litany of biblical and post biblical cats that God utilized within that age frame that are male to flip this thing around. I'm talking big time, and he did it yep. during like with John Calvin, Jimmy. He did it yep. during the second wave of the bubonic plague. Hello. Mm. So I think, I think, mm. and he did it at the ripe old age when John was 27, you know? Wow. And so, wow. you know, the, this thing can be turned around. Yep. So don't cry, you know, little young Christian. It can <laughs> be turned around. But man, mm. he's looking for men to uh, get on the wall. He's looking for men to stand in the gap. He's searching for men yes. whose heart is completely his. And when yes. he finds that, According to Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, then God comes mm. in strongly to that dude and supports mm. him greatly because mm. God doesn't have a lot of friends, especially masculine friends, who are going to uh, stand in the gap and, and wail like a fax machine against the powers mm. of darkness and uh, mm. for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So let's let's. Uh end here let's uh, a couple things with a, with kind of an encouragement you know for the dads who are out there that get this and who want to raise strong as you would say rowdy biblical men where do they start let's you know uh, you know there's a lot of things that you've said throughout but where do they start give them a starting point yeah i hate to sound like a, a shameless huckster but i would start <laughs> by reading my book lionhearted uh Making you know young Christian males rowdy biblical men because it literally is a, a blueprint from everything mm -hmm. to you know like Peterson brought up clean yep. your room you mm -hmm. know uh, get out into the wilderness uh, reflect the majesty of God pursue excellence mm -hmm. if you want to excel at a discipline make that prayer you know because man if we don't have heaven's anointing and authority mm -hmm. and power which only comes through spending big chunks of time alone with God, then mm. uh, you can't put a dent in the demonic stuff that's cascading down upon our culture right now. Wow. So that, I, that, I yeah. think, you know, and again, my whole dream, Jimmy, is not to become rich off this book. I want to see it in at least the hands of a million young people in particular. Mm. But for dads, especially mm. uh, the, the blueprint chapter of how to yeah. raise a son, and mm. first of all, what to model to your son, and then what to emphasize in your son from Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28. That's, that's worth the weight or the cost of the book right there. Just that one yeah. chapter alone. And yeah. then, uh, you know, get up and do it. That's the, yeah. it's like, don't wait for culture. 
And if your buddy's like, what the heck are you doing? You know, you better than us. I'd be like, I'd be like blind Bartimaeus dads. And when everybody tells you to shut up and you're Mm. pressing towards Jesus, don't listen. When they try to tell you to quiet down, yell louder. Just keep Mm. pushing forward towards Christ. And again, get a vision of Christ, who he is in the scripture and not what Mm. some dumb, you know, effeminate pastor has, you know, uh, neutered him to be. And again, yes. you can get that in spades if masculinity is toxic mm-hmm. called Jesus Radioactive in that book that I did uh, three yeah. years ago. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking, too, you know, Andy Priscilla says that uh, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. You know, it is because it, it takes your game in every dimension of your life to a different level. Personal excellence, that pursuit of becoming a godly man, a strong man is is there. It, give us, give our young men who are listening, who may not even have a dad in the home, or you know, where do they start if they want to become a biblical strongman? Yeah, well, the cool thing is, is that uh, God's a, a, a great uh, father to the orphan, and mm-hmm. uh, He's adopted us all. So mm-hmm. that I, yeah. you know, guys like like David. I don't know if you know this. David didn't have the same mom that his brothers had. And so he was a bastard kid. And so they mm. put him out the back 40. You raise him sheep, boy. They didn't invite him to the wars. Mm. They didn't invite him to nothing. And what he had as a lonely, lonely boy uh, mm. was this thing called a powerful relationship with God. And mm. I would tell anybody orphan, anybody, uh, you know, you might, you can be alone and have mom and dad there. And again, they're so off doing their mm. stupid crap that they're yeah. completely ignoring you. That could be some of the greatest stuff that could ever happen to your life. If you utilize it, you know, like King David did and Mm -hmm. just write songs to God, talk to God. You've got free access 24, 7, 365 by the blood of Christ to come boldly to his throne. And he will Mm -hmm. in no way cast you out, reject you. And uh, he could make you, you know, a tornado for Christ Mm -hmm. in just a few short years. So, uh, first of all, I wouldn't boohoo and I wouldn't be passive. I would, I would mm. say, okay, nobody loves me. Great. They didn't love John the Baptist. They didn't love Jesus. They didn't love David. And look mm. what God made out of them. Yes. Well, this book is a world class. I mean, I, I couldn't put it down, to be honest. I kept going chapter to chapter to chapter. And then I'm taking notes and now I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, but you could spend, you could spend six months in this book. And it is a clarion call for young men to become rowdy biblical warriors in many ways. And man, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this work. And we're going to promote it like crazy because I do think it's going to make a difference as young men discover who they're made to be in Christ. Doug, thanks a lot, man. You're yeah, man. buddy. Always a pleasure being on with you, Jimmy. Stay rowdy. You, good dog. you too. 